0: It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, featuring the News Gazette media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line. 217. 217- 351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're into game week here for the college football season. The Illini opening up Saturday against the Akron Zips at Memorial Stadium at 11 o'clock. We are at Scotty's Brewhouse, 2001 South Neal Street, if you're out and about. Stop by and see us. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Ed Bonds is our engineer. A couple of special guests, a couple of former Illinois linebackers, Jay Lehman and Britt Miller. We're going to try to keep those guys separated a little yeah, bit Yeah,
2: yeah. during just this uh, time. How are you guys doing, Jay? Jay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Usually, I just get to be here with you guys once a year in Scotties, but now you guys got Britt here. I feel honored. Do you? Yeah. I Ted feel tomorrow. like we're
3: back in the... Um, back in the meeting room with Dan Dish. You know, uh, I'll, I'll be tapping Jay, making sure he stayed awake and, uh, you know, oh. those sorts of things. Yeah, since
2: I had a hard time staying awake or getting the correct answer, there were some other issues there.
3: Yeah.
1: You could say that kind of stuff now. You probably wouldn't have admitted to that back in the day, would you?
3: No, we had, uh, we had uh, plenty of uh, other guys that um, would say the wrong things. So, me and Jay, we, we, we put our time in, but uh, we kind of managed the uh, younger guys. As, yeah, we, uh, you know, the Martez Wilsons and Connor Gillens. If it was strong right, they obviously were saying strong left. And me and Jay look at each other and yeah,
2: Britt knew his on. stuff. I knew his stuff. There is a the – vast, the vast majority of college football players don't have a clue what they're doing. But the ones that play do, I know that. So, how are these guys feeling on the Illinois football team today the first day of game week uh, i mean game week's awesome right camp yep. is, camp's brutal i mean who likes camp i mean after like the first like two or three days we used to be in Rantoul, tool so it's way more brutal
3: yeah and 118 degrees plus multiple <laughs> years That's and not then true. The, 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 year's the year J graduates i come back and uh, as a senior linebacker and we go to Rantoul tool for three weeks we got the pleasure of three weeks mm. so uh, hun- another 115 plus two weeks in a row and uh you know, just kind of getting through camp. There's just a relief off of you, and now you're getting ready to go to battle against people you don't know and and you you know don't don't really like. And I'm okay with saying that. So, uh, but I think the the intensity is definitely picking up, and uh, everybody knows it's game week, especially in that new locker room. So,
4: yeah what do you what do you guys think of uh, the new facilities over there, the Smith Center?
3: Well, um, so I've actually I'm, I did some work in there, so I got to see it being built, and uh, I, it's so special, right? I mean. I, My senior year, I got to see the new weight room coming in. Um, When we were playing, we got to see the north end zone coming in. So, just to kind of be around and uh, make myself, you know, date myself just a little bit. But, you know, just to see all that kind of come together. And this new weight room, I mean, just to see the things that are going on in college football and the fact that we're right in the middle of it, and that's a recruiting tool, and they have the two-lane bowling alley. And I'll just tell you this, the night Jay met his wife, I was there, and we were on a group date, and I hit a seven oh, ten split, and I knew it was good luck. So He did hey, ass- it. I did.
2: I haven't thought about that for 12, 13 <laughs> yeah. years, but that's true. There was a seven ten split. I will say this about the facilities. Ron Zuck you say, don't talk about the facilities. Just talk about the people make a place, because we didn't have any facilities. So we just talk about the people. Right. We're building something. Let's go. Well, the 80, the $80 million question is how important – is this kind of building to recruiting, Jay? I mean, for me, when you don't have any offers, it doesn't really matter. You just take what you can get. <laughs> but I guess for some blue chip guy, it's important. I think the most important thing is you win some ball games. What do you say about that?
5: Would you have stayed around more with those facilities? Now? I, I think we, I mean, like that the, your... the,
2: the players are saying they usually go back to like wherever they're staying at. Is it Hawthorne Suites or Champagne right. Inn or Holiday? I don't know what the place is called now. It's the holiday inn. Holiday in, wherever they were staying at, they would go back there. Now they just chill there. Right. And I you know, Britt's one of those guys too. He's kinda like good at those those games that like pool or like darts or like ping so pong if you or can like bowling, have a beer He would be he, would, it, he, would, he would pretty good. Yeah, he naturally. would be one of those guys. He'd be the king of that stuff. He'd be all over there. I'd be taking naps watching film.
5: There's yeah. not beer there. Right? No. I didn't think so. There's no. beer but, in the stadium this year though. Well that's true. Right?
3: Supposedly. we'll, we'll see. The, we'll media, see how it
1: goes. the media got a tour of the uh, building today. Bob, you were there? What'd you yes, think?
5: It was cool. It was it was kinda of what I thought it would be. I'd seen a lot of the pictures of bowling and Ollie. I'm impressed they got their own different balls set up. It's pretty cool. I'd I'd be there all the time. I, it'd be like uh, I'd never leave.
2: I know I'd the see. Big Ten guys said the guy, you know, Dave Revson, Howard Griffiths said it's second to none in the Big Ten. I mean they really did a fantastic It might not be the biggest, but it's definitely one of the nicest. Yeah, and I, and
3: I don't think we utilized our space well. You know, we didn't give up too much practice facility. We got a bigger weight room. You know, having Coach Lou back is huge for the program. It's huge for guys like me and Jay. It just gives us another, you know, kind of thing to come back for. Because Lou's a, a part of my heart. And uh, t- for him to have the weight room that he deserves and the kids deserve, it's going to – he's a foundational guy. So, the fact that we can build the foundation in the weight room and have something special for those guys – it's, I don't think we can put a price tag on it right now.
1: You know, one thing I noticed as I looked at it as I was leaving the tour today, a lot of the other universities in the, in the Big Ten and around the country are doing similar things, but they've got a problem on where to put it. How close can they put it to the stadium? This just fit right in, and five years from now,
2: you're going to look at that and say, that thing's been there forever. Right. No, I mean, they did a great job of tucking into where it was. I, I didn't know they could fit that big a building right there. You know, you think about where the at But I will say this. We went to the Rose Bowl in some dungeon weight room.
3: Yeah, and sometimes it's so, it I so mean, humid at you At some
2: point, lift. all the bells and all the whistles are great until you get punched in the mouth like Mike Tyson says. So you're pretty punching people in the mouth when you play. That's what the weight room is for. Sorry, I'm going to go on a rants right now. I'm getting close to the game.
3: Well, right? you also got to think, guys. You know, Jay Lehman, he was the king of the squat, but not the bench. <laughs> you know? And so, a guy, I would love to bench 450 pounds in that beautiful weight room. You know, could Jay do that? Probably not. But w- he w- wasn't asked to do that. I wasn't
2: streets. good at. I wasn't great at any lift. I was okay at every lift. Britt was throwing up four four ninety five out of the womb. Aurelius Ben came his second day at <laughs> the Jimmy yeah,
3: power clean three hundred pounds. I yeah. was like,
2: who is this guy and where did you come from?
3: Yeah, and can we get more of you?
1: Didn't you once say that he's also the king of the pylon?
3: Oh yeah, Jay Layman. You know, he's definitely <laughs> he's my brother. But the the one thing that I will always say is he stepped on my toes probably twice. a a day at practice because I was always second behind him he always started the drills and then I was always the guy that was underneath the pile bleeding when Jay was on top of the pile cheering and they would give him the, the tackle, and I called him the king of the J-O-P, well, which is the, the job. jump Everybody on Everybody knows
2: you need to celebrate toward the press box. <laughs> I agree. To make sure they see <laughs> you your do. number so they can put you down the tackle. That's us do a Penn State trick. You know, the most inflated tackles in the country at Penn State. Linebacker you has the most inflated. Those guys get, like, 24 tackles. You look at watch them, you like, you count, like, 11. You're like, Yeah, really? hey,
3: you touched him. He's down. Good job. <laughs> I mean,
2: take off the cowboy collar neck brace and play some football.
0: I guess since we were on the topic of the weight room at Lou Yo. Hernandez, uh, a lot of the players now have said, just even since he arrived, that the difference he's made in the weight room. What difference did he make for you guys?
3: Lou, Lou plays zero games. And so from 18 to 22, that you, you know, you're growing up, well, you're just a good, and you just are. And most high school kids and going into college, they, they are. But whenever you have to report to a, a man like Lou Hernandez – Every day, and he looks you in the eyes before your lift every day, you know that it's time to mature. Um, you know what the, you know, expectation is. And so very few people have that luxury, I would say. I mean, I, I hope my kids play college at some level, just so they have somebody to report to. I mean, and having a guy like Lou who just brings it every single day, there was never, there was never a day where he let you off nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's human nature. As people are doing a good job, hey, let's get out of here. Not once. And the expectation was to go in and work hard, and we start winning some games, and that's what happened. And and lose back, and I, I can see it. The guys are getting bigger. Um, you know, yeah, you can only butt make than gut. yeah, right. What you want. <laughs> hey, we can bring up some of those guys <laughs> in a private conversation,
4: or if you want to on air, yeah, that's I'd fine like to too. hear what he's
3: talking. No, about. you know, there were just some bad bodies that weren't allowed to wear spandex. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
4: Britt, Brit, you don't have to talk about yourself. I
3: agree. Okay. I was I was <laughs> only allowed to wear cotton. I get it, but. Uh, you know, it was uh, just one of those things where the expectation in the weight room is so important because that's the guy that gets to see the most. And so, with Lou being back, I couldn't be happy for him. I'm happy for the Illini family. And these kids, it's, it is, I think, a huge, huge benefit to them.
4: Britt, what was your uh, first impression of Jay Lehman?
3: I've, I've known Jay since I was 14 years old. So, my cousin – or, excuse me, my uncle, Matt Snyder, who I in, in, coached a state championship with – The Monticello Sages this year. uh, Congrats on that, which was a a, a great treat to do in my home stadium here. But uh, you know, I saw Jay as a 15-year-old middle linebacker, so I was just going into high school. My uncle said, "Hey, you need to come out to Muhammad. I got a guy um, that you know. I think he's going to be pretty good." And, uh, so I go and I see a 205 pound linebacker and, uh, I'd been 205 pounds in seventh grade <laughs> and, with uh, a full beard, right. With a full beard. But you know, Jay was one of those guys and he's always been one of those guys just full of energy and gets the best out of his teammates. And that's why I love the guy. But, um, he started that at a young age. So at 15 years old, you know, he might've been hitting people in a seven on seven. Um, but that's the kind of guy he is. And, and that's where he ended up where he was too. So all American man. So, and, uh, yeah, Not my, my first
2: that. memory of Brit is one we, we beat Eisenhower three to two in an epic three to two game of Eisenhower championship. Because I didn't play offense. I think I think he had every tackle uh, before he got moved to quarterback, and he was obviously our offensive coordinator Matt Snyder's nephew. And then I was at the Big Twelve track championships, and I saw his behind because he was running by me in the relay. Yeah, it was I mean, always great when me and Jay that, caught that, the baton. That white boy's got in a, four a big booty, two. but he can
3: run. Yeah, so it was it was good. Me and Jay have had a long history.
2: Long history.
5: What, do you, what did you guys know that 07 was going to be not what it had been before the previous years? What did you guys know was, was going to turn?
2: It was so close in 06 in so many games. Ohio State, man. It seemed that, like 06, we, Ohio we, State. We were close to Ohio State, but then Missouri, week one, we were so close there. We should have won that game, too. It just seemed like, man, it started. But, you know, when we were able to go on the road, at Syracuse, and at Indiana, and get wins. Get with some comments. And then when you beat the ranked team in Penn State. I think that's where it all came together. I think we knew we were going to be better, right. but we just hadn't done it yet. And I think that's when it kind of came together was that Penn State win.
3: Yeah, oh. I, I remember that opening. You know, I, I don't. Th- it was an opening kickoff and Aurelius Ben took it back. <laughs> they, yeah. They and, did the cross blocks. <laughs> yeah, me and Bartez Wilson just throwing bodies and, um, you know, and Aurelius Ben just getting all the glory, which, you know, that takes it. But, it, it, you know, having a guy like Aurelius Ben run the ball, I mean, he's 220 pounds of straight muscle and, like, bad intentions. And it was great. I mean, we were going against him in camp, and I finally had to tell him. I said, if you hit me one more time in the ear hole whenever they're (laughs) running an option, you're not going to make it, all right? Right. And he's just one of those guys that was willing to go. And when we knew we had more of those kind of people, um, I knew we were going to be better. I mean, Vontae Davis and football pads is still just one of the best-looking, smoothest football players you've ever seen on grass or turf. And – Whenever those guys started showing up, I knew we had a chance.
2: I, I don't think we knew how stacked the offense really was. True. I knew they were, they were tough to stop in the run, but when they put up 450 yards of rushing against that Penn State D, we knew you had something in Mendenhall. You knew that Juice was a beast, To that Dufresne was a good player. At tight ends, you had Jeff Cumbler and an Uh-Oh, who played in the NFL for a long time, or really a spinner or a receiver. I mean, you had players and an offensive line. I mean, a lot of those guys played a long time and, you know, lived the league in rushing. When you can run the football like that, and play some defense, you had a chance.
3: And then, But Tuesday nights, so a lot of people don't get this side of practice, but Tuesday nights was the day that the ones would go against the ones. So one offense versus one defense, and it just got to be crazy. So they they toned it down from a couple periods where we used to go 7-on-7, right. 9-on-7 yeah, yeah. team. We
2: called it concussion Tuesday. It's yeah. quite bad that we called it concussion <laughs> Tuesday. Right.
3: That's how bad it was. But, hey, get your chin strap right. Let's go. <laughs> because And then it got down to the point where we could only do 9-on-7 against each other. And nine on seven is when you play, you know, just run football from about four yards out. And it got so heated and so emotional every time because every inch mattered. That's when I knew we were going to be better.
2: Well, the, the coaches would, would try to get us to fight. Like Dish would trash talk, and Loxley was a huge Tried. trash trucker all the time. They did. So, I mean, that's just what they did.
1: Did you guys – Full tackle in practice, did you
2: take it to the ground? So, I mean, they were big on – they were saying, like, thud, thud, but then if you got a good lick on somebody, you could bring
3: you it to the ground, People I mean, would be like,
2: oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Stare your feet. Stare there were, <laughs> yeah. That was always
3: after the fact. But, you, you know, you, you always took care of your guys. Richard Minal's I mean, just a great person. And he's just one of them guys that, you know, you knew not to hit Richard because the game would be drastically different if he wasn't coming. Yeah. Um, but Juice, it, you knew not to hit Juice. Yeah, you weren't allowed you to. You hit
2: Aurelius. There's a couple people you just don't hit. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Nobody hits this guy.
3: And that got us through, and it's all about, in, you know, my few years in the NFL, I learned a very different approach to football, which is get people healthy to the game. You know, uh, I think you've got to develop these college kids. You've got to teach them the toughness. And then that next level is everybody's tough. Everybody's here for a reason, and well, it's like you just got well, to get to Sunday.
2: Speaking of the NFL, i don't forget. I was getting coached by Brad Childress, Minnesota Vikings, and like one period he'd like just like ten plays in a period, like let's take our time, let's do it right where Zook was like, let's get 25 points. Jet, plays. Fuel. No, jet n- fuel. Jet fuel. Nobody <laughs> coach him right now. Coach him off the tape. Line back up. And literally it literally was just
3: like, ugh. Just frantic pace. It was just, it was, just, frantic, frantic it was pace.
2: literally, we didn't know what you were thinking half the time. Then we got to the NFL, I was like, what well, this is so slow. It's like.
3: <laughs> and then we had the guy telling us when we were with the Carolina Panthers, he told us to script the ball. Oh, uh, like, script. Is it a chicken s- script? Strip. Yeah. Yeah, we what have what all kinds of about stuff. here, man. Oh, yeah, 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 but anyway.
1: As you might be able to tell, these guys are ready to play. They're they're glad it's game week. Come on. Jay will be there in the broadcast booth Let's for BTN,
2: go. right? Yeah, I'll be there with Lisa Byington, BTN. I'll be there for week one and week three, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: We're going to take a break. We're at Scotty's Brew House. Stop by and see us if you're on your way home. A lot of TVs here to watch the Illini games. If you're not going to the game, hopefully you're going to go. The weather forecast looks good. 75 degrees and sunny for Saturday, but if you don't go and you want to watch it, more than 50 televisions here and plenty of craft beer and specials as well at Scotty's Brew House. We'll take a time out and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS.
4: It's Fighting Illini
0: Volleyball on the radio. Tim Dittman has the play-by-play of Illinois at Tennessee Friday night at 7 here on DWS.
1: Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, Steve Kelly, along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Jay Lehman, Britt Miller. We're into game week. Everybody's excited about game week. What do you think's going to happen uh, at 11 o'clock on Saturday? Matt Daniels?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting test just uh, to see what uh, Brandon Peters can do in his first start with the Illini. And uh, like I mentioned last week, I'm just real curious to see what the defense, uh, the strides that they make uh, under Levy Smith now being the coordinator that's solely his responsibility, what, what tweaks the defense might, uh, might have. And obviously I don't think they're going to show their full deck of cards for the opener against Akron, but I think if Illinois can get out to an early lead and just kind of cruise from there and, and maybe play a lot of backups and get well rested for, for week two at UConn, I think that's key. But the last two years with Elina, they've, they've gone down to the wire against MAC teams in the season opener, and I think a lot of Illinois fans are, are not wanting a repeat of that. But to me, the, the biggest storyline for this season is just how, how the defense responds after such a, such a poor 2018.
1: Jay,
2: did you remember seeing much of Brandon Peters at Michigan? I mean, I, I saw him a little bit. I saw him in the bowl game a little bit. He was a freshman playing, wasn't really ready to play. Uh, like a lot of the players we've had the last two years, not really ready to play, right? I think the big question, why I think Rich Rodriguez offense with Rod Smith is a disciple of, you think Pat White, you think Denard Robinson, right. you think Tate Forcier, you think Khalil Tate. I, I, I don't know a good quarterback that wasn't a running quarterback in the offense. So maybe Brandon Peters can prove us all wrong, right? So I'm looking for, we got running backs, but... I don't think we have a running quarterback, but can he complete someone on third down? Because we haven't had a quarterback complete someone on third down in the last two or three years. Look, so give me but some gotta, kind of completion.
3: You got to get manageable on third down, right? You can't. We can't be at third and six plus. Right. I mean, that's playing from behind the behind the sheets mm-hmm. there, and so we need to be, you know. We need to be ahead of schedule. We need to be third and two. That way we can do some things, you know, not always just be, hey, we know we got to drop back and throw here. Let's go ahead and give a little run-pass mix. And that makes it hard on defenses because you can't be as aggressive. And those are the things we got to do as an offense. I'm a huge Reggie Corbin fan. Uh, yeah, he's, a great, he's a great guy. Uh, every time I see him, he just just so cordial, just like all about business. And uh, the things that he's doing uh, on the offense, I just hope he can recreate that year because he's special. He makes people miss, and uh, he, that's invaluable.
1: Thanks to the folks at uh, Scotty's Brewhouse. We have some hors d'oeuvres on the table. And look L- at this picture. Look, Bob. Big brother, little brother here. Big brother has the whole plate in front of
2: him. Poor Jay's got one little chicken Listen, wing. Listen, he's the younger guy, but he's known as <laughs> the big brother. He's bigger. He's always been faster. Some say better looking. Some say
3: funnier. Well, whenever you had the hair, it wasn't hard. When Jay Laban had a mullet and uh, <laughs> we, we didn't have to talk him into it, then that, I mean, he looked like a linebacker, but he didn't, you know, you know, he didn't have many of the ladies come knocking, so that's all right.
2: Well, I, I, I don't have any, any defense against it, so. <laughs> Jay, you work with a lot,
1: of, a lot of guys in the Big Ten right. network from other universities. Right. You've got Howard Griffith up there, and he's yeah. got your back as well, but right. how are you guys feeling? How do you have to hold up? when uh, you talk about recent Illinois football history. Well, it's been rough the
2: last six or seven years, eh? <laughs> but the reality is this. I think the West is as competitive as it's ever going to be right now. I mean, everybody reloaded on coaches three or four years ago, other than Ferentz and Fitzgerald at Iowa Northwestern. Now everybody's in two or three years. It's like, Illinois is, you put this Illinois team back in 2015 West, I think they go to a bowl game, six or seven wins. This is the 2019 West. Everybody else has improved. So the question is, can Illinois run the non-con and get some upsets? Listen, they took it to Minnesota last year. Now Minnesota can, could possibly win the conference? I mean, come on. Let, let, let. Uh, Illinois needs a couple breaks to go their way. They've got to win the turnover battle, and they've got to have a quarterback that can complete something on third down.
3: Manage the game. Manage the game. Don't. That's what quarterbacks need to do at this level. Yeah. The games are too short. You don't have many possessions. You've got to manage the game.
0: Right, since we've got two defensive guys here, yeah. Um, Last year, Illinois defense ranked 128th out of 130 it's bad, ball, teams. <laughs> bad, bad, bad ball, <laughs> yeah, man. Bad ball. Yeah, I was supposed to say, bad ball, bad man. Ball. That's all you say, bad ball. What needs to be different to not finish in the bottom three?
3: So, you know, one of the things, and I watch it from a little different lens. You know, I'm not always, you know, piped up ready to talk about it. But my thing is they, they just gave up the edge a little bit too much last year. I think you gotta, you got to really have hard edges on these, on these college Fields because you do have a wider field, right? You have a short side and you have a wide side because the hashes are different. NFL football, they're down the middle It's pretty much equal. Everything you got coming out is going to be pretty much standard. But in college football, you've got to protect not only the wide side, but you get to play in Iowa. Everything's formation into the boundary. They're going to run into the boundary. They're going to pound it in there. And so you just kind of got to know the the taste of the week, and but protect the edges. You. you you got to get everybody back toward the middle where the big hosses are. And, you know, we gave up some things last year that were a bit disheartening, um, you know, just giving up jet sweep. And, you know, I'm not against JV football, but you know, a couple of the words we used to use, man, that's JV. You know, and it's just one of those things where we got to do better at the little things. we got to stop the run. Let's commit to it. Let's put more people in the box and make them throw the ball. I mean, then that's just me as a defensive guy. Whenever I coach, that's how I do it. Whenever I look at college football, that's what I'm hopeful for. And we got to take something away. And I hope we do that, and I'm sure, you know, Lovey knows that. He's, he, the fact that he's taken over the reins is giving me some hope, and it's just one of those things where um, when the head coach gets involved, you know they're going to be spending some time on it, and they're probably going to be spending some extra time on it, you know, stealing from the special teams and maybe even a little bit of offense.
5: Do you think he had a problem adjusting from going to the NFL to the college game, not because the players obviously are not quite as good, but – just the schemes and all the things that college does that NFL really never does. A-
2: Absolutely. Here's the reality. College football and high school football are the innovators of all football. Okay. And it all trickles up. We saw it with Cliff Kingsbury going to the Cardinals, right? right? right. It's, they're the innovators. The innovation's not at the NFL. Those are some old-timers, three yards, clouded desks, pro-style quarterbacks. The reality is not everybody has a full deck in college football, right? Because we're recruiting all different Jimmys and Joes, right? So it becomes more about the X's and O's. Contrary to what Boy Ron Zook said. So here's my thing. All these different schemes are. They're spreading the whole field out. They're throwing the ball. They're running the ball. It's not three or four formations like you see in the pros. There's a lot of stuff. And if you play co- coach college football in 1995, which is the last time Levy right. coached in it, the game is totally different. So you can't just sit man to man, have an eight man front, and say, "Okay, I hope my freshman DBs can make it on the island. We hope we can get to the quarterback." It never happened. All right. The reality is, is we got to get pressure up front. The game's won or lost on the front. On the D-line, they didn't play well last year. They know it. They need to play better. Bottom line, I hope they do. Losing round tree, travesty. If they can get somebody on the edges, like he said, I think it will help.
5: Good answer.
4: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it uh, was uh, loud. <laughs> so people tend to believe loud the- people, I guess. Descola, they heard him there. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, did either of you ever have to be reined in by the uh, media relations staff at Illinois in your playing Why career? Probably him
3: or <laughs> <what> me. <mean? laughs> Yeah, the of journey. course. I mean,
2: this guy's the star of the journey 2008. I was gone by then.
3: <laughs> right. No, you know, and so I always say this, you know, I don't I don't say that I feel bad for the players this year. So I, I'm always hopeful that these young men are good people. Um, but we were the last generation to kind of go without Facebook and without being totally judged on every single thing that they say, do, or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm happy that I didn't go through it. Uh, but, like, having the facilities and having places to kind of just keep within your own I think is huge. But, yeah, the uh, you know, Cassie Arner, the fact that she's back, I think is really good for the program, and uh, she's media relations. And she just, uh, you know, there's every now yeah, I would get a text or a call that, you know, you need to probably say this next time. Uh, but, you know, the truth sometimes hurts, and it hurts my feelings and other people's. And, uh, you know, that's why I went about my, my game.
2: I said a couple of things. One time I said that the offensive line was a sieve, the Illinois offensive line was a sieve. <laughs> After after Rachel scrimmage and Lauren Tate printed it in the paper. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. And, where you and, at? And for the next three years, Mike Loxley says, every they got a big run in practice. How's that sieve going? That? And I get on the calls with him. I do a TV interview in, when I was the Maryland head coach. Hey, how's the sieve doing in Illinois? Never let me live that down. So I, that's one time I got to lie to Lauren Tate. I blame him. He printed it. I said it, but he printed it. Brett Miller, we know what Jay
1: Layman's doing these days, which is a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yep. So what about you? What's keeping you busy?
3: Well, um, actually, I'm working, uh, buying the company from my father-in-law. Uh, we were formerly Barbeck Technologies. Uh, we sell 911 communications. We're in schools. We're in surveillance. Um, I get to service the university here, so that's, you know, pride and joy for me is to keep these kids safe and keep the employees and uh, everybody else that's on campus safe. Even on game day, you know, we take care of the two-way radios. So, um, we are now – Can you, you
2: manipulate the, the other radios kind of like Belichick did? With, yeah, you know, you know. You ever go into Gillette Stadium they always say nobody can hear the plays? It's like
3: <laughs> – Yeah. So, all that's, all that's real, by the way. Um, so, it's definitely possible. But, yeah. So, it's a uh, it's family-run business. And um, one of the things about the NFL, you know, I was – it just kind of left me in a place where I just never wanted a boss again other than myself. Um, uh, they tell you, you know, where to be, what to do, which is okay, but you can go from, you know, I was a captain in the NFL, and, you know, unfortunately your pay doesn't go up, you know, and uh, so it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, trying to find some value. It was a great way for me to transition back to regular life uh, without being a coach. I, I love coaching, uh, but I got four little ones, so from eight to one years old, and, uh, you know, I made the decision a long time ago that I wanted to be around them, and, if anybody's going to coach them, it's going to be me, and, uh, you know, hopefully someday that might be here. You
1: played a little fullback in the NFL. didn't? If I'm not mistaken, didn't you score a touchdown on your first carry?
3: Yep, first ever play, Speed. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was all speed, by the way. Um, no, so um, I actually, I was, gonna, I was slated to play linebacker. So me and Jay were actually together at the beginning of the year with the Carolina Panthers. Um, I was let go of the uh, last practice of the summer. And I thought that was just like, you know, my career was over. I was going to go be a substitute teacher for my Uncle Matt, um, who was, you know, I was like, I'm in, you know, I'm going to go the route. And, uh, and then I wake up 10 hours later on a couch in Chicago, and uh, they're like, hey, it's the 49ers, we want you. And so I go out there. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the uh, backup linebacker to three. Uh, I would assume Hall of Famers. I mean, uh, Patrick Willis, Sakio Spikes. I mean, these guys are ballers. So I wasn't going to see the field. And uh, first play of the game, uh, the only fullback that was dressed broke his arm. And so they're like, "Hey, who's another chubby white dude that can do this?" <laughs> and sure enough, old 47 was available. And uh, they're like, Good "Hey, number. Yeah, right." And uh, so they said hey, Britt, you're our fullback, but we're probably not going to use you. <laughs> said, perfect, I'm ready. I started stretching again because I definitely didn't stretch because I wasn't going to play till the second half. And then we get a full uh, – the Denver Broncos drive all the way down to the end zone, throw an interception. Mr. Tebow, thank you. And uh, we get interception running all the way back to the four-yard line, and our guy gets caught. And so we call that getting walked down. And I'm still on the defensive side of the sideline, and they're like, Britt, you're in. So I run out to the four-yard line and I get in the huddle. They don't know who I am. I'm just standing there, and Alex Smith says, "Jack left, power pass left. Jack left, power pass left. Ready." And uh, everybody runs to the ball, and I tap on Alex's shoulder and I say, "What do I do?" And he's like, "Run a flat. Don't worry. I'm not going to throw it to you." And I was like, "Cool. I don't know what the snap count is, so thank God I've been around, you know, football enough." (laughs) Yeah, I watched the ball, and uh, I was in the worst stance ever, and I ran a flat, and Vernon Davis who. you know, Vontae's older brother, double-covered, as he should be. Teddy Ginn's on the outside, covered. And he's so skinny he couldn't get off of a, you know, a wet blanket. And then uh, and then I'm open. And so he looks at me, looks away, and then looks back at me, throws me the ball because DeMarcus wears it in his face. And I scored t- a touchdown on my first ever play in the NFL. So uh, wow. Jack left, power pass left was uh, <laughs> is uh, one of them good things. So, yeah, it was uh, – my mom and dad didn't even know I was in the game. And uh, – <laughs> A thousand Facebook likes later, I was, I was there. Did you spike the ball? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay. Yeah, you know I mean? Because, I, I mean, I did do a flip that got confused with the trip when I <laughs> stole the ball against the uh, – the ref came up to me and said, Britt, you fell, right? I said, yeah, I fell. I thought it was going to look cool. It didn't. And then uh, – but, yeah, so that was the next time i had been in the end zone since that time.
1: <laughs> Need to take a break here. We've got some more with Brid Miller and Jay Lehman. Stay with us. We're at Scotty's House, Back with more Monday Night Sports Talk after this.
0: Hi, this is Brian Barnard. Join me later tonight for the first edition of the Lovey Smith Radio Show.
3: It will be this year at Papa Dells in Champaign. starting tonight at seven at Papa Dells with Lovey Smith on DWS.
1: Five forty-five. We're into game week. Illinois opens the season Saturday at Memorial Stadium against Akron. We're joined here at Scotty's Brewhouse by Britt Miller and Jay Lehman. Britt, you mentioned uh, Monticello, the state champions. Yes, sir. You did some assisted coaching with them. Are you going to do that again?
3: No, actually, uh, my cousin graduated, Mm -hmm. um, and I bought into the business, so it was kind of just a natural hey. Retired Uh, on top. Yeah, I'm I'm no dummy. (laughs) Hey, get your ring, get on out. No, you know what? I I learned so much from those guys, and uh, I got cousins that are still coming up through there. So uh, if there's ever a chance, I can get back. But this ownership role definitely kind of takes a little bit more toll on us. Um, you know, staying to work till five, you know, cutting out at is a little rough and, uh, but it was, it was worth it. I mean, I, I, I totally enjoyed coaching, uh, being in Monticello is a lot of fun and to just do it with family. Cause football has always been family for me. Uh, my uncles, my aunts, have always been at every game. It was just like a little U of I again, you know, everybody up in the stands at Monticello and, um, having a ton of success and being around great coaches was a lot of fun.
4: Both of you guys played, uh, with a quarterback named Isaiah Williams. There's right. another Isaiah Williams. The second juice, not yeah, the first exactly. juice. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> another one on, on this year's roster, highly touted quarterback. What is that like for a – when you've got a guy who's gotten so much hype at such a key position like quarterback coming in as a true freshman at all?
2: Well, I think it was different. Tim, Tim Brasic was the quarterback in year one and then year two. And we kind of all knew that once Tim Brasic threw a pick, he would, you know, basically be benched. And he was. Yeah. Juice came in. <laughs> yeah. I love Timmy. We all love Timmy. Yeah.
5: Tim, No question.
2: Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case with Brandon Peters. This is year four. That I think there's an urgency to win now. And I don't know if Isaiah Williams right now gives him the best chance to win. If he did, I think he'd be starting.
3: Right. Th- I've watched a couple clips, and I, I got to sneak out to a couple practices. But when Isaiah gets going and a couple of those young those young guys that still got those really fresh legs, they look like they're shot out of a cannon. If they can make it to the second level, uh, we're probably going to go to the house. So I know they're going to work him in. They're, they have to. Um, And just get them comfortable, but I think you know regulating some games I don't care if we win by you know 40 or 30 or whatever it is, but we we need to win games I don't care if they're close. We need to manage those games and what what you do if you're not a a potent offense is Go ahead and run some clock. There's nothing worse than a defense when you go you work your butt off And you're out there for eight plays you finally get that three and out and then you got to go back after three plays It's just demoralizing And it's like, you know, what can we do to get these guys going? And there were times, and even in the years that we played, we had a lot of success, was we'd be looking at the offense like, you guys got to get us a break. It's 112 degrees on the field versus Wisconsin. We're getting a three and out, and then you guys go out and lay, you know, three eggs on us, (laughs) and we got to go back and stop these big dudes again. And uh, so, you know, but I can see where these – I can see where Isaiah is going to definitely fill a gap for us. Because he's got some big playability, and that's what everybody's looking for, I think, at the college level.
1: Who was the toughest guy, Jay Lehman, that
2: you had to deal with?
3: Other than Britt.
1: Other than Britt Miller. <laughs> you mean at Illinois? or No, oppo-
2: opponents. I mean, in 2000, I think it was 2004 or 2005, I was playing backer and against Wisconsin. Max we would Bernstein. Pull around. Not Bernstein. It was Joe Thomas had this down block. And honestly, he would just down block and just clean your clock. Earhole. Joe Thomas – and the reason he played like he put like ten thousand snaps in a row. Yeah, I mean he was just an animal. He was really difficult. Um, there was a guy too, uh, I can't remember it's one guy from Michigan, man. Maybe it was Jake Long, maybe somebody else. They got their hands on you, it was done. And so I always thought the linemen were the tricky ones.
3: Yeah, I mean, and when we're playing down in the in the trenches, and when Jay was the middle linebacker and I was outside backer, I spent a lot of time down on the line of scrimmage. Um, and so you were always taking on blocks, and that's why we say, hey, I was I was at the bottom of the pile because. I was a guy, you know, taking on those guys' thigh boards. And Joe Thomas, I'm gonna tell you what, he was a, he was not a normal person out there. You know, he was a, a stone cold, you know, just bringing every play. And uh, it's just one of those things where I think the Big Ten kind of gives you that toughness to go to the next level. But if you make it through a Big Ten season, you've accomplished something because there's a lot of lot of big bodies out there. And a, and a lot of pads cracking. Mm-hmm.
1: What about opposing running
2: backs? Busting through the line quickly, yeah. and all of a sudden they're in your face. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys. The, the biggest guy that wasn't very good was Jay Who Call Cricket. <laughs> yeah, He's,
3: I played he, with Ju. Don't talk J, about him. Ju
2: Call Cricket, Michigan State, was <laughs> yeah. like 260. P.J. Hill was PJ softer was than advertised. Yeah. And then uh, they got me on the goal line one time. But I'll tell you, one of the best all-around backs, that I always heard his senior year, was Mike Hart.
3: Yeah, Mike, Mike was Mike Hart was
2: a, was a good all-around back. He's the all-time leader uh, le- breathing the restaurant Michigan. Great player. Now he coaches in Indiana. I see him every time we do an
4: Indiana game. Britt, uh, I know you didn't get on your lineman's shoulders after the Ohio State yeah, win. I was I, like, I was did. gonna be the next guy up there, but Jay couldn't <laughs> hold
3: me up, so I missed the picture. And you know they the, the, find that a iconic. That
2: could actually hold up. Yeah, it was right. like, hey, hey, Britt's like, hey, me. I was like, oh no, no, I can't. Uh, yeah, they me. didn't
3: want it. I was, I was out there. I was actually hugging my parents in the crowd. So, um, I, you know, I have a great memory. Um, unfortunately, it didn't make every magazine. But, uh, you know, one of the things, I, and I'll, I always give Jay credit for this, was he was the leader that that game needed. You know, we Zook and, the, and Juice doing those things. But the game, in my opinion, was one on defense. They weren't going to stop us on offense. We had them so screwed up. We, we scored two touchdowns. Another Decatur native, Marcus Wilkins, well. finally popped and uh, got him a big touchdown. And it just uncovered, you know. so And I played with James Ornides for three years, and we always talked about that game and, you know, how much it meant to them. and. I'm glad that we were able to take it but it was this guy right here that set the tone in the locker room he said it at halftime he said it with his play and that's the kind of things that you know defense these linebackers have got to step up cuz everybody's going to look to them and you got to make plays and I remember you know Jay Lehman makes a huge stop he read the play perfectly some like little draw that they uh, I think we used to call it like a rat draw or something and it came back and Jay just punches it right in the mouth gets up celebrates by himself which he should have celebrated <laughs> with his team but it was just a great play. and It was everything that we practiced and everything we put into it. And it was exactly what we, you know, we knew we could do. Right. And uh, when Jay made that play, I was like, we're winning this game. I mean, we're winning this game. And there's nothing like quiet. I mean, there's nothing like this place rocking, you know, um, running out to the Michigan game your senior that year. Electric. That was electric. You, you, if you bottled it up, we'd all be millionaires tomorrow. If we could sell it, that's, you know.
2: That's a right there. Right, man. right. <laughs>
3: but, you know, going and shutting up 110000 right, a lot awesome. of fun. It was excellent. a lot of fun. So, great memory.
0: Well, we had Justin Harrison and Kevin Mitchell, first years. How did you, how'd you, you get a headset
3: around Justin's head?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did okay. But uh, we asked him about <laughs> Maryland. Sorry, Justin. Uh, Mike Locksley's coach, yep. now Ron Zook is an analyst on the team. About the dynamic flipping with those guys. What do you think that's going to be like?
5: really what you think
2: first of all i saw him, i saw a camera at the, at the maryland practice and zook was here with his cross-legged like this i got i saw him from behind I go, that's Did gotta hit be somebody in the head that's with gotta a whistle. be ron zook right gotta be ron zook the way he's standing um yeah I, I i wouldn't be surprised to see zook as a db coach or special teams guy uh basically recruiting for him by next year but i think it'll happen
3: yeah and i i was with zook um this past summer at a wedding and him and his wife. And I think he's really at kind of peace where he's at with his career. I mean, he really liked being with the Packers. I thought he thought that they had a couple opportunities that were missed. Um, But getting back in with Loxley, I mean, Loxley, I never liked him, you know, (laughs) ever, but uh, it's because we competed so hard. And then we came back to the Rose bowl um, reunion. And he like, and we talked and, I mean, I left there with a, just a huge respect for him because the way he talked about football and the, what he's been through and just, you know, his beliefs. And it was like, this isn't the guy that I know. You know, the guy I knew as a player was trying to get the best out of me, and it drove me nuts because he was always trying to, you know, better us. Like He's he a trash
2: always, talker for sure. Right, and, I,
3: and, you know, me being from Decatur, I love that. And Brett, you know? Brett can trash talk with best Bessler, too. Right. There's, you know, when you're a chubby guy, you got to. <laughs> Especially, yeah, when everybody, you know, looks like a really spin. Um But – so, you know, just having him and, uh, you know, kind of seeing that dynamic, I think Zook's in a good place to be where he's at. I think Loxley was definitely primed for the, for the head spot. And uh, he's got to see the best football in the country in Alabama and – Um, I I think he'll be successful, there's no doubt.
1: That's Britt Miller and Jay Lehman with us. Will you guys come see us again during the uh, season, maybe midway through? You've got to get big
3: time off the TV here, man. Listen,
2: I'll come see you again. I'll see you at 8.15, let's say, Saturday morning. We'll do a little pregame show. We'll do a little radio then, but we'll get you back on here again
1: sometime. Jay Lehman, Britt Miller, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. welcome.
3: It's a pleasure. It's always good.
5: guys.
1: We're at Scotty's Brewhouse. House. need to take one final break. Back with some final words after this.
5: Now at NewsGazette.com, inside Illini Basketball, our podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who this week gives us his starting five, including one surprise starter, Alan Griffin.
1: 90 seconds before 6 o'clock, we're at uh, Scotty's Brew House, this year's News Gazette People's Choice for Best Wings in Champaign, Urbana. Coming up tonight, right here on these airwaves, the high school show back on.
4: Yeah, it's uh, our first episode of the the Serve Pro uh, Prep Football Confidential. Colin Likus, uh, Jim Rosso, and uh, Evan Kahn will be back in studio. They've got three Champagne Central football players stopping by tonight, and uh, Tuscola coach Andy Romine is going to join them as well, and uh, get ready for uh, for week one of the high school season that starts Friday night.
1: And the Lovey Smith Show at seven o'clock tonight, right here on WDWS. A reminder. For you quarterback club members and people that may be interested in joining the quarterback club, their first luncheon is Friday at the Holiday Inn in Champaign on the South, right off South Neal Street on Trade Center Drive. They get underway at noon. Stop by and see them. Josh Whitman will be there, Lovie Smith, and a player as well. For Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Britt Miller, Jay Layman, Ed Bond, and all you folks here at Scotty's Brewhouse, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening on WDWS Champagne Urbana. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.